Hi, welcome to Fashion Decipher. My name is Sean Williams, and on this episode, we'll be speaking about seamstress, civil activist, and author, Mrs. Elizabeth Keckley. I decided to read her book, which was entitled Behind the Scenes or 30 Years a Slave in Four Years in the White House. It is truly an exceptional read. It's a short read. I would advise anyone to really dive into this book. It's truly, it, it really opens your eyes to what Mrs. Keckley went through to work her way up from slavery, to buy her own freedom, and to become a well-known and established seamstress and to work in the White House to becoming Mary Todd Lincoln's, President Lincoln's wife's confidant. So let's get into the book. So Mrs. Elizabeth Keckley was born into slavery in 1818 in Dinwiddie, Virginia. Her mother's name was Agnes, and she was a house slave due to her light complexion, and Elizabeth was her only child. By working in the house, her mother was able to learn how to read and write, even though, of course, it wasn't legal for enslaved people to do so. Her mother made clothes for 82 people, 12 members of the family that owned them, and the 70 slaves that worked there. As Mrs. Keckley grew up, she helped her mother make clothes, and this was the skill that would eventually bring her freedom and success. She asked to be released from slavery, which is a very bold thing to do, and that's it's something that you see throughout her, out the book about her career and even her personal life. Um, she just had, she's very strong-willed, and I think this is what carried her so, so far. Um, and of course, she was refused. And she worked diligently, and she kept at it, and she kept asking, and finally was able to persuade her owner to agree to allow her to purchase her freedom. And in 1852, it was agreed for her to be released for $1,200, which is the equivalent in today's uh money to be about $30,000. And in 1855, she purchased her freedom for her and her son from loans from clients. And she stayed there and worked it off until she was able to repay the loan. After she left, she decided to set her sights on Washington, D.C. And it was in 1860, she planned to work as a seamstress in Washington but she couldn't afford the required license for free black people to remain in the city for more than a month. So one of the patrons that she worked for, a woman petitioned the mayor for a license for her to stay on her behalf and that was granted for her. And this is when Mrs. Elizabeth Keckley established her own freedom as a business owner and developed a clientele with prominent politician wives. So as she grew her business, she was able to employ more than 20 seamstresses, and it was general. It generally took her and her workers about two to three weeks to make each of the dresses. So, and as her business grew, Ms. Keckley mainly focused her attentions on fitting garments because she didn't have time also to fit them and make them. So she worked on the fitting and instructed the seamstresses to make the garments. She was well known for extraordinary talent in draping the fabric on the body and fitting it to the body. And she became the most favored seamstress of Washington, D.C. And that reputation got her to do plenty of the senator's wives' dresses, one of which was Verena Davis. She was a wife of Senator Jefferson Davis. And Mrs. Davis provided an instruction to her to meet a Margaret McLean of Maryland. 
and she was a daughter of a general. And it was Margaret who pressed Miss Elizabeth Keckley to make a dress in such a short time frame that Mrs. Keckley didn't think she was able to do so. And she told her, if you're able to do this, I will introduce you to the newly elected president, Abraham Lincoln's wife, Mary Todd Lincoln. And Mrs. Keckley talks about this meeting and like most people go on a job interview and she says she was in the waiting room and she found no more than three mantu makers. And a mantu maker is a person who follows a certain historical sewing pattern um, specializing in women's clothes. And she said, it seems like Mrs. Lincoln had told several of her friends that she was an urgent eager dressmaker and that each of those friends had sent their dressmaker back to the White House. And most people, you know, you go into, if you think of yourself, you go into an interview, you see a many, many people, you become crestfallen and you're like, oh, forget it, I'm never gonna get this. And she felt the same way. And she said, hope fell at once. And with so many rivals, she says, you know, for a position that was so sought after, she thought her chances were like extremely doubtful. And she was like, there's no way that I would get this position. And come to find out, Mrs. Lincoln hired her, you know, and she says she began to make dresses for her regularly. And you can hear the way Mrs. Elizabeth Keckley talks about clothes and talks about style and the way things are put together. She describes Miss Lincoln after one of the dresses she made for her was a rose color moire antique. And she talks about her accessories and she says she wore a pearl necklace, pearl earrings and pearl bracelets. And she had red roses in her hair. So you can really tell that Mrs. Keckley is really not only, not only a seamstress herself, she's a fan of fashion, she's a fan of style. And you can hear in the way she describes it. You know, she talks about such detail, not only about Mrs. Lincoln, but also peop other people who attended those soirees and parties. And she speaks of a Miss Baker who was dressed in a lemon colored silk. Um, and she talks about a Mrs. Edwards who's in a brown and black silk and her daughter in a crimson. You know, so she really goes into all the colors and, and how they look and you can kind of imagine it as she writes it and you read it. You know, and she became a regular modiste of Mrs. Lincoln and modiste is a fashion, fashionable milliner or a dressmaker. And she made about 15 and 16 dresses for her during that spring and the early part of the summer after being hired as her seamstress. You know, and many people at the time thought the Lincolns were not well-bred and they were of low class, which was untrue but Mrs. Lincoln felt she needed to prove her naysayers wrong by dressing immaculate. She felt that she had to dress the best out of anyone. And you know, a lot of people feel that way when you feel you need to compete. If you feel that there's any other area that you're lacking, that your clothes will speak for you. And this is what Mrs. Lincoln thought. So she starts to tell Mrs. Elizabeth Keckley about, you know, how she came into debt. And she told her like, I've contracted large amounts of debt of which President Lincoln knows nothing about. And she goes on to say, and Ms. Keckley records in her, her book that she tells her, she asks her, she's like, well, what are the debts, Mrs. Lincoln? She says they're chiefly of store bills and she owes altogether about $27,000 to mostly stewards of New York. And she said, you know, Mr. Lincoln, which is President Lincoln, of course, as she called him, Mr. Lincoln, she's like, he has no idea of the expenses of a woman, woman's wardrobe. And he glances at her rich dresses and he's happy in the belief that these items only cost a few hundred dollars. 
you know, and he thinks that, you know, they're not that expensive and she has no idea. He has no idea how much, you know, she went into debt getting the, these fabrics and, and items and patterns that Elizabeth Keckley made these dresses for her. And she said, I must dress in costly material. And she said, people scrutinize us. You know, they scrutinize everything that I wear. And it really is due to the fact that I grew up in the West. So, you know, she felt she had to keep up appearances. And this is then where you really see the relationship for Mrs. between Mrs. Keckley and Mary Todd Lincoln develop. And it develops so much so, you know, Mary Todd Lincoln regarded her as like a confidant and a friend. And, you know, Miss Keckley has this really calm nature throughout the book and which kind of played off these, you know, Miss Mary Todd Lincoln's behavior because sometimes she would erupt into these fits, you know, like explosions, you know, and she and Miss Keckley just really balanced her out by being calm throughout those times that she would have these fits. And they, she, Mary Todd Lincoln became so close to her that she would often go to her apartment to go see her. And it's something that Mrs. Keckley talks about. And she says like, you know, I felt uncomfortable because she would come to consult me in relation to her dress. And she said, you know, I never approved of women coming to see me, especially if they were attached to the presidency's household. She was like, you know, I don't want them to come to my room. I always thought it would be more consistent and it would look better, you know, and it would suit their dignity for them to send for me and then let me come to them. But Mary Todd Lincoln would come see her and it was based mainly upon, she just felt the need to talk to her like a friend would, you know, anytime, if you think about in terms of your friendships, you know, you say to yourself like, you know, I can't wait to tell my friend this, something happened. I can't wait to call them. I can't wait to talk to them. I want to tell them about the situation. And I think in this terms, Mary Todd Lincoln felt the same way about Elizabeth Keckling. So as, you know, during President Lincoln's uh, presidency, you know, the eruption of the Civil War happened. And towards the end of the Civil War, you know, many colored people, they were called at the time, who had fought in the war were living destitute. You know, so now they're, they come out of the war and they have nothing. And this bothered Mrs. Keckley. It bothered Elizabeth Keckley that they came, they fought for the country and they came back. They had nothing because they weren't working. They had, they had no place to go. They had nothing. So she decided to do something about that because it bothered her. And she says in the book, you know, if white people can do this and they can, you know, create like a fundraiser, she called it a festival to raise funds for the relief of suffering soldiers. She was like, why can't well-to-do colored people do this for their people or for suffering blacks? So she said she couldn't even rest at the thought that no one was doing this. So she thought, I'm going to do something about that. And the very next Sunday, she made a suggestion at a local color church you know, she says that we need to form an alliance and we need to support um, the colored soldiers coming back from war that have nothing. And the idea was supported and it was very popular. And then within two weeks of her suggestion, the Contraband Relief Association was organized and it literally had, it had 40 working members. Um, and she told Mrs. Lincoln about her project and she immediately headed to her with the list and she gave her $200. And she, you know, circulated among color people and got them interested in the subject. And she called more people, even, you know, uh, abolitionist Frederick Douglass, and he contributed $200. Also, and he lectured for them to support them getting other people to put money in and give contributions. Um, so Ms. Lincoln consistently gave frequent contributions, and so did the president. 
And when he was reelected, you know, he continued to do so. So she said, you know, even for herself, they established her as the president of the association. And at the time that she, I guess she wrote the book, she said it was an office that she still continued to hold. You know, and that really was the start of Mrs. Keckley entryway to being a civil activist. And this is something that she continued all the way up to her later years and really shows this other side of her, you know, not only as a seamstress, not only as a person who bought her way out of freedom, that she also felt she needed to give back to her people because they were suffering. Um, so after Lincoln's assassination, uh, Mary Tom Lincoln gave away all his items. She didn't want anything to be remembered of President Lincoln. So she gave several things to Mrs. Keckley, some of which she requested, some of which she didn't. And she took all of her own personal wardrobe dresses that Elizabeth Keckley made for her. And she took it with her after she moved out of the White House. And she told her, I might possibly might have to sell these items later in life to survive. You know, and she told her, I may sell a portion of my wardrobe to add to my resources. So and enable me to live decency, decently, you know, and um, it actually happened. You know, she actually reached back out to Elizabeth and she told her, remember what I told you that I might have to sell my clothes and she had, she had to do it. And she told her to meet her in New York. And she said she's going to sell off her garments. And she, Mrs. Lincoln didn't want anyone to know that she was poor or she was struggling. Um, poor in her, in her words, what poor was coming from where she came from. And she went under a assumed name, Mrs. Clark, which this whole thing became a disaster. And she found out that people mocked her, who found out that, you know, this is really President you know, Lincoln's wife and how she's begging people to buy her clothes. Um, and so much so that she ran away and retreated back to Chicago and she left Elizabeth in New York and demanded her to stay to help her sell the remainder of her items. Mrs. Keckley, she felt obligated to her. And it was not only due to their friendship and it was due to her loyalty of the president of President Lincoln setting slaves free. You know, and when she felt that she didn't have any luck in selling her garments to the society people within New York, she was like, you know what, I'm gonna ask our own people. You know, you know, Lincoln meant a lot to us because he set our people free. This is what I'm gonna do. So, you know, she put the word out and people felt that they were like, this is a worthy cause. And um, we're going to support. She reached out to a Reverend Garnet of New York City. She also reached back out to abolitionist Frederick Douglass. And at the time, he was living in Rochester. And she proposed him to lecture on the behalf of her. And she was like, you know, this would help her, you know, survive. And, you know, where she thought that this would be such a great idea, she ends up telling Mrs. Lincoln. Emma's, and Mrs. Lincoln was like, oh, I don't, I don't want aid from colored people, which was a slap in the face you know, to people who wanted to support her. And she showed the letter to Mr. Garnett, the Reverend and Mr. Douglas, and they just were done, and which is rightfully so. So after, you know, this has happened, I guess Mary Todd Lincoln thought about it and she was like, you know, maybe I was hasty, too hasty. And maybe I say, let's um, try again. So she reached back out to Mrs. Keckley and, you know, Mrs. Keckley, she basically realized that Mr. Douglas and Mr. Garnett wanted nothing to do with it. And they walked away, you know. So this left Mrs. Keckley in New York for some time. 
And what this did was she was in turn abandoning her own business in Washington. She wasn't making dresses because this loyalty that she had for her, she was forsaking her own career and her own livelihood to help Mrs. Uh, Mary Todd Lincoln out. Um, and it just got to a point where she realized that they were spending more money because she had to pay for room and board. Mrs. Lincoln couldn't help her pay for that. And she was losing more money than they made. So they felt defeated. Mrs. Keckley realized that this wasn't gonna work. Um, they, she contacted the people who were holding um, Mary Tyler Lincoln's clothes. They sent what they didn't sell back to her. And what they did sell, they issued a check and Mrs. Keckley sent it on to Mrs. Lincoln. And the items that she did get from Mary Todd Lincoln, she decided to donate to Wilberforce College. And it was part of a fundraising event to rebuild the college after the fire of 1865, which Mrs. Lincoln did not care for. So sometime in the year of 1868, Mrs. Keckley decided to publish this book. And this book told a story not only of her life, but of her relationship with Mary Todd Lincoln. And she gave this inside view of what happened in the White House under the Lincoln administration. And she also gave this like peek into the relationship they had with each other. And Ms. Keckley honestly thought she just was doing something to help her. She thought writing this book would make Mrs. Lincoln's financial issues go away because she thought some of the money could go raise, that she can raise by selling the book, she can give to her. But once the book was published, like outrage exploded. And they felt like, who was the slave who was ungrateful? And by telling all of President Lincoln's secrets, and many, because of that, turned their back on Elizabeth Keckley. And the relationship between her and Mrs. Lincoln was strained, or at to the point that it was just, it was not as existent. So the book caused Mrs. Keckley not only a friendship she felt, not only, you know, um, people speaking about her in, in poor terms. She also lost clients, you know, from her dressmaking business, you know, so she still forged on because it's a lot like her personality and she continued to earn a living through her son's pension because he died in the war. And in 1892, she was offered a faculty position at Wilberforce University as the head of Department of Sewing and Domestic Sciences of Art. And the very next year in 1893, she held a dress exhibit at the Chicago World's Fair on Wilberforce University's behalf. And later that year, she resigned, doing to, she resigned due to having a mild stroke. And Ms. Keckley died in Washington in 1907 at the National Home of Destitute and Color, for Colored Women and Children. And a lot of the dresses that Mrs. Keckley made for Mary Todd Lincoln is on view at the Smithsonian, Smithsonian, Smithsonian National Museum of American History. And you can see a couple of the pieces, which is the purple velvet dress that has these interchangeable bodices. Um, and she wore that during President Lincoln's second inauguration. And there's a buffalo plaid green and white day dress with a cape in that Chicago, at the Chicago uh, Museum of History. And you know, you really get to see her work, the detail she put into it. You see the stitching. Um, you could see the fact that, you know, Mary Tom Lincoln was able to switch the top bodices from day to night, um, really shows the form, you know, and the fit that Elizabeth Keckley was known for. 
So that basically concludes my part of reading this book and, you know, just really suggest you guys would take a, take a look at it and read it for yourselves. And you can find gems along the way that I didn't mention. Um, I will put links to the Smithsonian where you can see the dresses that Elizabeth Keckley made for Mary Todd Lincoln. And, you know, you really could take a look for yourself. So all of that will be on fashiondecipher.com. And I would definitely tell you to, to, to look for it. I will also list the book as well. So thank you guys. And that concludes our episode this week. And I will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Hi guys, it's Sean. Make sure you visit our website, fashiondecipher.com, to get a visual on what we're talking to you about. Check out pics from events, of guest speakers, and exhibits. If you miss anything we post, you can visit our archives page. Also, while you're there, hit that subscribe button. Leave your email, and if you like, a comment. Tell us what you think or what you would want to hear on an upcoming episode. Don't forget to follow and friend Fashion Decipher on social media. Check out what we're up to. Speak with you next week.